Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's the Fightful MMA Holy Smokes Podcast with Showdown Joe and Sean Ross South. Joe, we are live. What's going on, everybody? May 15th edition of the Holy Smokes Podcast. Yours truly, Joe Ferraro. Join alongside, as always, managing editor for Fightful MMA, Fightful Online, Fightful Wrestling, Fightful Boxing, Fightful Sanchu, Fightful American Kickboxing, Fightful French Kickboxing, Fightful Savat, Sean Ross Sapp. Give him a follow online, at Sean Ross Sapp. Yours truly, at Showdown Joe. Lots to discuss in the world of mixed martial arts. I will go through what I want to talk about, what Sean has posted online, and I know Sean will crash this at the very end with something specific that he WhatsApp messaged me about two or three days ago. We're going to talk. We're going to wrap up UFC 224. We're going to talk about what's next for Amanda Nunes. The whole Mackenzie Dern performance weight cut situation, weigh in. We'll talk about that. Bellator 199 went down in San Jose. We'll break that down. Uh, Paul Daly uh, and his antics. Uh, we'll preview UFC Chile with my boy Kamar Usman in the main event, uh, taking on Damian Maya. That's going to be a fantastic fight. Kamar was a 4-1 to favorite, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, pros picks. Lots of pros picks coming your way. Brennan Schaub will join us. Uh, in case you missed it, uh, there's information out there that Nick Diaz was poisoned. <laughs> his IV, when <laughs> Sean's face, uh, in his IV when he fought George St. Pierre in Montreal. We all know that Nate Diaz and George St. Pierre was something we discussed last week. Uh, I tried to put water on that fire, uh, but you never know. Uh, Yair Rodriguez was cut by the Ultimate Fighting Championship. One of the sport's biggest prospects was cut. We'll break that down. Uh, is Cyborg? going to boxing the ufc featherweight women's champion going to boxing uh and then someone outside of mma 50 cent potentially fighting in bellator Woo, lots of stuff to discuss sean what's going on my man a lot's going on ufc 224 bellator 199 i know a lot of the people that are watching are crossover viewers I needed this night of fights because wrestling has been so just underwhelming and it's been a holding pattern. 
this was a great night of combat sports, even across boxing. The Lomachenko fight was good. The HBO boxing uh, card was good. UFC 224 ruled. Bellator 199 ruled. What an awesome night of fights. It was intense. I mean, super intense when you consider it. I didn't have a chance to enjoy it all live. I watched it the day after, and I was like, whoa. You know, and, and watching that UFC event, I'm like, thankfully, they were finishes. There were yeah. tons of finishes. It would have been a little bit better if I had the chance to join you in the post-fight podcast because I'd have been able to catch up. Uh, but I got home so late uh, afterwards uh, celebrating some stuff, uh, personal stuff with the family. So uh, we've had some good news recently. So we're, uh, we were celebrating some health. Let's just say that. But, uh, yeah, lots of crazy stuff went down um, at that event. And, I mean, we can go up and down that card. Uh, before we do that and recap it real quick, what was something that stood out to you overall when you go up and down that fight card. Dos Santos. He is legit. He's ready for a top 15 guy. That is somebody that I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing very soon. By the way, guys, I will break down whenever the UFC rankings come out. I will do a rankings breakdown on FightfulSelect.com as a part of our premium service uh, to give MMA fans a little bit of something over there too. But Dos Santos is ready. That spinning wheel kick was awesome. I was mm-hmm. very, very happy to see that. Also... Uh, to the contrary, I think it's time you give Junior Albini somebody out of the top 15 because it doesn't look like he's quite there yet. And for a guy who didn't get paid until like two fights ago, that's probably understandable. Uh, Alinek is a wizard. There's always that. Then Ezekiel you know, choke, man. Like, Ezekiel come on. Ch- it's, it's unbelievable, dude. Uh, just a lot of great finishes, just a lot of good stuff on these prelims, but... Um, the main card, Leota Machida, old yellered Vitor Belfort. Took him out back yeah. and shot him in the head. I, I don't uh, – I guess you and I and everyone you know, on the live chat – by the way, live chat, ladies and gentlemen, top ready your screen on the YouTube page. But um, gone is the Belfort that we all thought would one day just show up and, and explode. He was just so tentative that he ne- never really got off in that fight. He never really was able to, to just – do what he's supposed to do when he's when he used to always stalk his opponents or at least um, put the line in the water, have them follow him back, and then explode with the combination. Like it, it just he didn't really get himself set, and he paid the price. You know, I naturally thought that if he could tag Leoto Machida, Sean, it would have been lights out for Leoto. But no, yeah, and I thought so too, but um, that didn't happen. In fact, Vitor got lulled. By this, this you know the thing that that uh, Victor, that Leota Machida always does to people, and he fell victim to it in the second round. He was just staring at Machida, and Machida said, "All right, I know what I can do to you because it's happened before from one of my teammates." Yep, can't believe he landed it though. I mean, it's amazing. I, I guess you you can believe he landed it because he set it up beautifully, but. You figure Vitor would have learned from that. I'm just surprised. I mean, you, you can even tell with, you know, Faraz Zahabi, the way he was trying to corner him uh, in between rounds one and two, that uh, Vitor was on a different plane. He was just not not there. Not, I don't know if he wasn't there, if he wasn't focused. But, you know, above all, despite the fact that, you know, after he, he you know, left his gloves in the octagon and, you know, retired and, and said goodbye and stuff like that, and, you know, I'm, I'm uber thankful. Despite the fact that 
you know, people will say, you know, TRT, Vitor, and this, this, and that. The guy brought a lot of memories to me in mixed martial arts. I recall the very first fight that he had, where I was, which, you know, bar I was at when that UFC event was on way before the Zufa era, way before it was the uh, Semaphore Entertainment Group era. And to go, you know, my interviews with Vitor in Vegas and Toronto and all, all across North America. So, uh, you know, I'm very thankful to, to, to have been able to meet and interview and, and hang out with a guy like that. But, um, to see him go out like this kind of sucks, to be honest with you. Yeah, here's here's another interesting story in, in all this. Leota Machida has won two fights in a row. Technically, he should have lost to Eric Anders. You know the last time he won three in a row, Joe? Before the title run? It was technically the title run. The fight that he should have lost to Shogun, that yeah. Rashad LA. and Tiago Silva were the last time that he won three fights in a row. And really, that should be Rashad, Tiago, Tito Ortiz. So we're talking 08, 09. That's insane. As far as Vitor Belfort goes, oh, man. You know, he overcame a lot in his career, and he probably had some help doing it. You know, there's always going to be that, that cloud of performance-enhancing drugs and testosterone replacement therapy. And there were a lot of people, Joe, who completely wrote him off after his pride run, essentially. They mm-hmm. thought that he was done. He lost to Couture and Tito and Overeem twice and Dan Henderson. And the only people he was beating weren't really on the level. I will never, ever forget watching Affliction Day of Reckoning. Shout out to Nikita Krylov fan. You'll remember this <laughs> one, Playboy. He made me a bet on that fight. And I think my bet was he thought that Lindland was going to win. I didn't think Lindland was going to last a minute. About 37 seconds into that fight, Lindland is having a seizure in the middle of the cage. Or the middle of the ring. Ring, yeah. It was just unbelievable. And what I remember about that specifically is it was it was on the main card. And I remember that it was on the main card because Vitor's first fight in Affliction wasn't. Think about that. Yeah. Really, really think about that. Ten years ago, a 31-year-old Vitor Belfort is on the prelims of an Affliction show while Mark Hominick versus Savant Young, no disrespect to either one of those guys, but Matt Lindland versus Nageo... For, for reference, he doesn't... Uh, actually, for reference, there is no reference because he doesn't have a goddamn Wikipedia page. So, <laughs> you got Vitor Belfort. You have Antonio Ruggiero Noguera. You have Paul Buentello, Mike Pyle on the prelims of that Affliction show. I remember that stood out to me so much. But uh, I don't think ever after that fight, I don't think ever after the Terry Martin KO, he was ever on the prelims of a show again. You know, there was all this, this, this situation around his sister and... What happened there, and that's just that is just a tragedy, just an oh, utter huge. tragedy. And he came into the UFC, and after that Rich Franklin fight, I was like, you know what? I don't even care if the fight wasn't at 185. Give him that title fight. And ever since then, he's been having marquee fights until the last year. Uh, an incredible career that he's had. You won't look at a lot of 26 and 14 guys and say, what a career, but. The man, the man is somebody you could always put on the main card and expect something. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at the UFC rankings. Uh, as uh, have they been updated? No, they haven't. They last were updated in April. That's amazing. Yeah. What? Okay, I'm not even going to go there now. I'm just. I think, get I think they update them Wednesday to give them fodder for uh, UFC tonight. All right. Okay. Because Machida's below uh, Uriah Hall. I want to get your thoughts on that. 
Uh, does he move up? Bisping's at number six, and, and Machida wants that Bisping fight. Do you think that happens? I think a lot. Of, I think these... Well, look at that. Elias Theodoru back in the rankings. They they have dropped Vitor from the rankings. That's it, which puts our boy Elias in there. But um, I think a lot of that's going to change because Rockhold's going to be out of the, that top 15 soon. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to fight Gustafson, and who knows where Uriah Hall will fight next, so... Elias might get jumped up to 13 automatically. Atta boy. Hey, we'll take Just it. Just for doing nothing. Slip on a banana peel, Elias. Do what you got to do. Do you think that Bisping-Machita fight's going to happen? you think Bisping, like, you know what, yeah, let's do it. Bisping has said that technically he considers himself retired and that he'll have to be coaxed out of retirement. And I could understand that. Watch that Den of Thieves movie that he was in recently, too. It was good stuff. It was good? But, yeah, it was good stuff. I enjoyed it. But, um... Yeah, man, the middleweight or yeah, middleweight needs some new blood, and Paulo Costa could be it. Elias is trying, but he's not having the most exciting fights. Shoeface is great. Love Shoeface. Shoeface is great. Costa's got to be careful because anytime and every time he fights moving forward, there's a lot of accusations being thrown his way, and there's a lot of memes being put out there. Here's what you look like before. All of a sudden, you look like this. What's going on? Yep. The sure is, right. and he's fighting Uriah Hall International Fight Week. We'll see if that fight actually happens for one reason or another. But mm-hmm. Vitor Belfort gone. I think a lot of people still expect him to maybe fight in Bellator. I'm sure that Scott Coker will reach out just to reach out. I mean, why wouldn't he? If he got... Oh, we'll talk about Chuck Liddell later. Oh, oh man. So, anyways, yeah, just continue on the Vitor thing, whether it's Scott Coker uh, or potentially, you know, if you look at the chat right now, Vinny Fernando mentions Ryzen. Now, if he was to go to Ryzen, and if he was to have a resurgence of a career, what would you make of that? <laughs> what would I make of it? <laughs> I'd ask you to go all Mission Impossible in the Ryzen HQ and try to get me those drug test samples is what I would... Understood. So that I would ask. Understood. Understood. All right. Uh, continuing with the card itself... Um, and also, before we get to the co-main event, um, Lineker and Kelleher, and I remember you last week saying, you know, it's Kelleher's time. Lineker doesn't have it. Not really doesn't have it, but it's going to be a difficult fight for him. Holy smokes, Ooh, did he good. put Kelleher through absolute torture. That right hand was there for Lineker over and over again, and that's something we saw in the Dern fight as well. Lineker went to the body and then up to the head really well. Kelleher, to be able to take those punches for as long as he did, was impressive. John Lineker, he's, man, the, the, the shame is he lost to TJ Dillashaw a year and a half ago. Otherwise, he'd be getting that title shot right now. If the Dillashaw fight hadn't happened and he had just lost to somebody else, he'd be in line for a title shot, I think. Because I think he deserves yeah. it more than even Dominic Cruz or Cody Garbrandt did. Because uh, Cody Garbrandt lost his title more recently and hasn't fought. It's, it's just it's a mess. But I, John Lineker looked awesome the other night he is far more technical than anybody gives uh him credit for yeah he's a monster with those hands big time uh i want to know what your thoughts are leading up to the fight between Mackenzie dern and amanda cooper the weigh-in situation again she's overweight uh Mackenzie dern and then is able to just destroy her not really destroy but hurt amanda Pretty cooper well. with some power and then finish her off what it says your mind a lot that i mean Amanda Cooper's technical striking is much better. But also, again, the right hand was there the entire time for Mackenzie Dern. 
Can't say anything bad about that overhand that Mackenzie Dern threw. I can say a lot of bad things about her footwork, her stance, uh, how fast she is, because she's slow as molasses on Christmas. She's real slow. She's clunky. She rolls her shoulders a lot and resets, and it's kind of weird. But that overhand right, there wasn't anything clunky about that. Clunked uh, ABC in the head. So you had old one two three knocking ABC on her ass <laughs> and uh, just locking in that submission. It's embarrassing. It's not a surprise that she was kicked out of the MMA lab. Yeah. And from what she has said, it's due to consistency. I don't think this showed off any consistency uh, for for the issues that many have had about Mackenzie Dern. And she said that the the Performance Institute is where she's going to go and she's going to work on things. When a place doesn't want a piece of a probably well-paid prospect, this young in her career, undefeated, it, it says to me that she might not be moldable. She might not be coachable. And she might not want it as much as other people. She has only made uh, straw weight for half of her fights. Uh, she missed weight in her second fight. She missed weight in her third fight. She fought at flyweight in her fourth fight. And then she missed weight this week. Okay, so uh, three of seven fights she's weighed in at straw weight. And it's, that, it's it. I mean, uh, I won't give out any names, but some of the stories, you won't be able to find them now, but some of the stories on some of the Instagram pages of many a mixed martial arts fighter, females, and jiu-jitsu practitioners with utter disgust of Mackenzie Dern oh, yeah. not making weight. Like, they are very, they were super upset. Uh, and I don't blame them because it's kind of like, you know, you're, you're, this is an example. You know, like, what are you doing? You know, you're making us all look bad. You know, it's not once, it's not twice. It's like, come on, man. And uh, Gribble Dribble in our chat, thanks for that name, says Dern was 139 and a half a week out. For some people, that's not a problem. For Mackenzie Dern, that is a problem. Just the way it is. If for some guys and girls, they can make that. She can't. That's not her. And if I heard that she was 139 and a half a week out, I'd be telling her to fight at bantam weight, mm-hmm. not flyweight or straw weight, because I wouldn't believe that she could cut even that much. She came in closer to flyweight than she did straw weight. This was an open weight match, is what this was. Yeah, she's a flyweight fighter. Yeah, she made 123, so she's a flyweight fighter. She needs to be there. a flyweight fighter. If yep. She looks at that division, and if, I, if I'm her and I see Rose Namajunas, Yolanda Janjacek, Tisha Torres, uh, Michelle Waterson, even Felice Herrig striking, uh, Joanne Calderwood's going up to flyweight, so that could be – that's somebody who I think would give uh, her problems on the feet. But then I look at the striking at flyweight. There's nothing about like Lauren Murphy or Alexis Davis or Roxanne Modafferi that – Screams out to me that she can't beat them. However, Shevchenko, Caitlin Chikagan, Liz Carmouche a little bit, depending on how well she uses, how well she pops in and out. Those could be a problem. Yeah, you know, I can't believe if if she doesn't go up to flyweight, I wouldn't. I I would immediately book her versus Paige Van Zant under the premise that somebody's got to win that fight. Yeah, I like it. That's and, a good fight for me. And I think Paige Van Zant probably beats her too. Yeah, oh, wouldn't be surprised. I think Paige Van Zant uh, head kicks her and knocks her out. It's dangerous. I mean, if if Mackenzie gets a hold of her, and gets yeah, that fight yeah, down then the then ground, then it's over. Then it's over. 
Yeah, can get ugly. Uh, co-main event, Kelvin Gaslam and Ronaldo Jacare Souza. When you take a look at how that first round went down, and then the, I mean, me personally, I thought once that fight went down on the ground, it was just a matter of time because Jacare's grappling is on another level. Well, that has changed, Sean Rossap. It's not that it's no longer on another level. He can't control guys anymore, and that gas tank, I mean, you could visibly see that gas tank completely get depleted slowly but surely as that round was coming to an end, and in that second round, oh my, it was a bad scenario for Jacare. Now, he did have a bit of a comeback in the third round, but, you know, Kelvin Gaslam emerges victorious in the middleweight division, only wants a title shot right now. Jacare, again, visibly that gas tank was like, what happened to you? How can you? I mean, you're getting older, man. Like that's it. If your if your body does not have the stamina to go, I mean, you went 25 minutes with Luke Rockhold. Like, come on, wow. I'll say this: I don't think that anybody who got submitted 10 months ago should be sitting out for a title shot. He won, he's won four or five. That's good. He's got a great resume. Tim Kennedy. Vitor Belfort, Michael Bisping, and Jacare Souza, and he didn't even have to waterboard Tim Kennedy to beat him. So that says something. But he got beat by Chris Weidman last July, and I had Souza winning this fight. It's not like so overwhelming that I'm like, oh my god, Gaslam won. It was so close, but I did have Souza winning this. Souza did gas out, and... Gaslam looked good. I thought too many of Gaslam's tools were going to be negated in this fight, and that being his wrestling. But he he hung in there. I just didn't think he won the fight. Yeah, I was adamant, adamant that Souza was going to f- submit him some way, somehow. Uh, there was nothing anyone could have told me pre-fight that would have changed my mind. I thought Jacare was going to be simply too much for Kelvin, especially if he got a hold of him and got that fight to the ground. But then, as I was watching um, all of Kelvin's defenses and all the nuances of his, of his, you know, where his hips were in every situation and what he was doing to protect himself and how calm he was in every one of those situations, that to me is, is someone that trained extremely hard in submission defense that has a very good understanding of submission defense and to do so with that look on your face where it's like i'm cool i'm okay it sucks but i'm okay you're not going to tap me out i'm good we're going to keep going here that clock is running just got to buy my time until i can either get out i'm not going to sweep this guy but unless i can get out or the time will tick away and i thought excellent job by kelvin gaslow excellent yeah, sometimes I forget that the man is only 26 years old because we he's saw young. him fighting when he was like 21. So he's very much a fighter that's still growing. And you look at the fights that he lost. Woodley via split decision. Magny via split decision in a fight of the night. He had issues with cutting weight. He needs to abandon that. Oh, I might go back to 170 shit. If you, I'm sorry, buddy. If you couldn't make <laughs> weight at 22 years old, you're probably not going to make it here. But... Uh, he, does he deserve the title shot? Yeah, probably. But that being said, I would have, I really would have liked to have... I thought Whitaker was going to be out a lot longer, so I wanted to see Gastelum and... Uh, I wanted to see Gastelum, Weidman, Romero, and Souza like in a who-looked-best type of situation. But Whitaker's ready to go. I get it, but I, think, I just always think it's a bad look to just say, I'm going to sit out. If you are... Don't say it verbally. I think it. I think it loses some goodwill. Yeah. Uh, Gribble Dribble posted. You know, Sosa had uh, a tough late cut 
There's no sauna in his hotel with Vinnie Ferdinando replying, weren't they all staying at the same hotel? Now, to address Gribble Dribble, uh, I am not a professional fighter. I got no business um, cutting weight for any particular reason other than for my own sake of vanity. But I can tell you this. I'm a broadcaster, and I travel to various cities around the world, in Japan, in the U.S. of A. And one of the first things I do, Gribble Dribble, is I look to see if there's a gym. It's the first thing I do to see – and I'm just a broadcaster. I'm just a guy that wants to work out every day, get my sweat on, uh, you know, try and, and get that – you know, get away from the dad bot to the beach bot if you know what I'm saying. But I'm always – before I leave, I look at the hotel to see if there's a gym there. And if there's no gym there, I go to plan B. And my plan B is either I'm going to do all workouts during my time, body weight workouts, or see if there's a gym close by. Now, if I was a professional fighter, a Brazilian fighter competing in Brazil – Rest assured, my job is to make weight and have no problems making that weight. I would look to ensure, A, does the hotel have a sauna if I want to use a sauna? And B, if not, go to plan B. So I don't ever buy the situation where you know fighters had problems making weight. I know there's a lot of mental things that can happen to a fighter, male or female. Uh, it could be the smallest of things to us, like problems with their spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is. That could affect you mentally, but you have to look at it in a situation to say to yourself, you know what? I'm a pro. I'm fighting on Saturday. Uh, I can't let this stuff affect me. And believe me, believe me, believe me, believe me, have I ever gotten some really bad news or stupid news or annoying news on my way to do a broadcast where I'm going to be live on the air for six hours, whether it's for Titan or for Ryzen or for whomever, you damn right I did. I'll get a text or an email that's like the worst timing to get that information. It bothers me, but I block it out and I'm like, I can't let the viewer know that this is going on in my life. Shut up. Three, two, one, go live. Deal with it after the event. So as a professional fighter, I believe they need to figure this stuff out. No, no complaints afterwards. I agree. I agree. Had the main event, Amanda Nunez defeats Raquel Pennington. This is what many predicted. Fight, not that, I mean, not one that we'll be talking about years and years from now, but a great performance from Amanda Nunez. Her gas tank is not a question anymore. The big sense of controversy came between rounds four and five when Pennington said, I'm done. Done. And her corner talked her into going back there, and she promptly got her ass kicked. She, Tisha Torres, and her corner, or she and Tisha Torres have defended her corner since then. I just don't think that corner had her best interests in mind. There was nothing in those first four rounds that gave any indication that in the fifth round, Raquel Pennington was going to win this fight. This is this was not Anderson Silva versus Chael Sonnen. This is a lot different than that. Silva didn't want out. <laughs> If you even watch back, Silva, I think, told one of the Noguera brothers, I'm going to submit him for you. I'm going to submit him for you. Because I had somebody bring that up. Oh, well, Silva tapped Sonnen in the fifth round. This is a little bit different now. We're talking about a guy who had defended his championship a billion times and a woman who wanted out. What did you think of this and Pennington and Torres defending the coach? Uh, my natural reaction when I saw it go down was throw in the towel. Wave it off. It's done. Do I understand the corner's perspective of getting your fighter's mindset back to where it needs to be? You are fighting for a world title. 
get your head together. You can do this. I believe in you. You just need to believe in yourself. I understand that theory. But after four rounds of seeing what we saw, I would have been kind of like, okay, you know what? Even I may have to swallow my pride here as much as I care for my fighter. And I want to see that world championship belt around their waist, not around my waist. That's an eagle play around their waist because they've worked so hard to get this title. If my fighter looks defeated and says to me, I'm done after viewing everything that I saw, I would probably throw in the towel or tell the referee we're done. I would ask my fighter, are you sure? I'm going to tell the referee to stop this fight. You don't have to do it. I'll do it. Are you sure? Yes. Call the referee over and say, we're done here. We're done. We're not We're not going to let her take any more damage. We're done. In terms of them defending um, what was done afterwards, hey, man, listen, there's, there's, um, there's two things in life that I pride myself on and then to know the difference between fire prevention and firefighting. They're just fighting a fire right now. Yeah, I would agree. Amanda Nunes wins. Cyborg next for her? I mean, it makes sense. Has to. No ifs, ands, or buts. I mean, who else you want to put in there? You know, Cyborg put the deadline on her. Yeah, well, the deadline was, unfortunately, she was already fighting. She was already signed to fight someone else, Rip Pennington. So uh, let's open up that deadline one more time if there's actually a deadline. But in my opinion, that's a fight that should happen. And that could have a lot of ramifications. It'd be huge for Nunes' career if she can take out Cyborg. And the longer this goes on, Sean, the better it is for Nunes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. We we see now that Nunes, her gas tank, is not an issue. There's something else I wanted to talk to you that happened right before this event. It was revealed that Yair Rodriguez, UFC prospect, top 15 fighter, turned down fights with, I think it was Ricardo Lamas and Zabit. Dana White then fired, or at least publicly fired, Yair Rodriguez and said, we want people that want to fight. Keep in mind, within the weeks leading up to this, Dana White has said, well, here's the deal. We offer Nate Diaz fights all the time, and when he doesn't accept them, we extend his contract. Now, this plays into directly into the Leslie Smith situation. Special circumstances for special people. Now, we get it. Nate Diaz, a draw, yada, yada. That's why they need an association, or they need a union, or they need collective bargaining. They need something. What were your reactions to hearing about this Yaya Rodriguez news? He's not a needle mover to the UFC. You can leave. Very simple. Yep. You know, if Yaya Rodriguez picked up a, a dolly and put it through a bus window, would they have cut him? Yes. He's not a needle mover to them, even in the Latino market, maybe a little bit, but he's not a needle mover. And they believe that if he was to leave and go elsewhere to another association, he'll eventually get buried to the point where they, they can try and 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 promote him as a star but he's not a star in their eyes go somewhere else make your money somewhere else go be a champion somewhere else but you'll never be a champion in the ufc which is what you want for your legacy so you know he's he's gonna end up um i would say with bellator but at the same time you know it's, it's one of those things where it's like if you have a reputation of not accepting fights they're the depth in the in the in the bellator division um at featherweight isn't really there, so you, you can't be turning down fights. It's definitely interesting, and like I said, it plays right into the Leslie Smith situation. Steve Muehlhausen spoke to Brendan Schaub recently about that. Brendan, gadoosh, 
Shab, as our uh, live chat would say, take a listen to part of his interview. You also, you know, and I find this so fascinating is the fact that you went from the UFC to an unbelievable podcast that I still listen to, The Fighter and the Kid. And then now you're doing stuff on E, you're doing after parties for the Golden Globes, the Grammys. What has all this been like for you? Is this something you imagined when when you decided to step away from the UFC? No, God, no. I, I stepped away because I just, you know, I I don't know, I, I didn't enjoy it. And, you know, and, and the podcast is doing well and financially was supporting my family and then, you know, I slowly started to step into doing stand-up comedy, and then that took off. And um, you know, and then the big round breakdown came about because um, I, I, I want to talk fighting, and you know, and the fighter and the kid is in exactly the place where I can go on these long rants about fighting. So I started doing my own thing there, and that kind of took off. And you know, with the E thing, I shot a pilot for E four years ago, and I've been working with them in and out, seeing pilots that didn't get picked up, and then uh, finally they just decided to bring me on. I had this audition with 30 other dudes to try and you know get on the e-red carpet stuff, and I, I somehow made the cut, so I've never envisioned any of this. I just keep going. I don't look back, and um, I, I don't even stop and smell the roses. I'm already on to, like you said, I'm filming episode two of Below the Belt today, doing uh, PR for it, and then I take a, a red eye to L.A. tonight. And uh, I have rehearsal for the Oscars tomorrow on Saturday, and Saturday the Oscars, and Monday I'm back at the Fire and the Kids studio. Where do you find all this time? Where do you find time to just, like you said, kind of breathe and smell the roses? Where do you find any of that time to be able just to sit and relax? Uh, I don't. I haven't. <laughs> it's my biggest problem. That's the reason why I'm always I'm getting sick. I'm freaking my today, but I can't turn my neck. There's nothing worse than a neck problem. I don't know if it's the stress on the symbol. I don't know what's going on, but I'm falling apart, but business is good. <laughs> no, business is absolutely good for you, and you know you're starting to get more. And I remember you were in Vegas for the Mayweather McGregor stuff, and you know you're talking to Deontay, you talk to Polly Malinaji, and do you, you know? And I want to ask you this because you, you, you're coming now. You're dipping your toe in the boxing a little bit. Is boxing supplanted the UFC in your mind, or do you think boxing still has a little bit way to, ways to go? Because it seems like, in terms of big fights, it seems like and I look at numbers. I'm a numbers guy. Seems like there's better traction for boxing right now than there is for MMA in the UFC and Bellator. Yeah, yeah, I think UFC and, and the mixed martial arts in general have a problem. All sports kind of have a problem, but the thing about boxing is, you know, boxing is vanilla ice cream. It's never going to go anywhere. It's always going to be good. It's never going to blow your hair back when it does. It's a one, you know, it's good, but it's it's just that staple. And you know, and MMA is kind of this. You know, random flavor. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's terrible, and they take risks. And people are sick of it right now. It's oversaturated. There's a fight every weekend. We don't have any real major, major star. The biggest one was Conor McGregor, and you know he's been busy, you know, doing whatever he wants to do. So I, I think it's more. It's oversaturated. I think boxing's always going to be there. When boxing and mixed martial arts go head to head, boxing. I don't know if people realize or not, but boxing needs to beat the map. Like it's a superstar and a superstar in boxing MMA. Boxing always wins. They just have, you know, it's been around for how long? So um, I, I think it's more of the business model for the UFC, to be honest. I, I, I think they have this business model of pay-per-views and, and stars, and when you don't have those, business is going to suffer. So they, they have a, more of a business problem. My microphone messed up there. The audio a little low on that. My apologies, guys. 
So we also had Bellator one ninety nine. Actually, week. before you go on, before Sean, before we get to Bellator, uh, I never got the memo uh, from those in the live chat or from yourself about this hate for Brendan Schaub. Yeah. What, what did I? What did I miss? Now I'm well, coming here, from. I'm coming the... from two things. I know Brendan. Uh, he's, he was very instrumental in a lot. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The stuff that we did uh, during my time with Sportsnet and UFC Central as we built that show, and he was a guest a lot, and the UFC would fly him in, and he was a- an amazing analyst. And I've known him over the years. We've kind of lost touch after he kind of retired uh, mm-hmm. and now has done his other thing. And I don't sit there and watch every single thing Brendan Schaub does. I don't think I've seen him much on, on, on Rogan's podcast, but I'm noticing – a lot of the stuff on the live chat is vast majority. We don't like Brennan Schaub. What did I miss? Well, I can relate in this sense, and this is what my my uh, suspicion is. He's on the air a lot. Okay. And when you're on the air so much, I mean, I can tell you I'm on one, two, at least six, seven hours a week. You're bound to say something stupid at some point or something that's going to upset somebody at some point. And eventually you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna check all those marks for somebody. I mean, you're gonna do something that upsets a little bit of everybody. So I mean, he's just not some people's cup of tea. Understood. But yeah. you're talking to a guy that was on the air for you know any one point in time could be nine million homes. And, and look uh, at how many people hate you, yeah. Joe. No, oh, I'm the most hated <laughs> guy in the game. I think so. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't care. So Bellator 199. My God, Ryan Bader. The more I see him fight in Bellator, the more I think, yep, he should have fought Daniel Cormier. That was the fight that you and I wanted to see the most, especially after the post-fight press conference at one of the events where I was like, hell yeah, Bader. It was great. He built the fight. I love it. He sold the fight, and I was ready for it, and then boo. Speaking of boo, and really, what more can we break down about Ryan Bader and King Mo? It was a lead left hand that knocked Mo out. Okay, there we go. Bader's going to fight Mitrione next. I'm excited for that fight. I like that fight. Yeah. You have a Bader in his prime. Bader's faster than Mitrione. Speed kills. You have a Bader in his prime who can knock out people against a Mitrione who's not necessarily in his prime but has a distinct size advantage. Uh, John Fitch defeated Paul Daly. And Paul Daly, we're not even going to talk about the fight, but during the fight, which wasn't that exciting, Paul (laughs) Daly starts to boo... He says, boo! Good job, Bellator! This will get you fans, millions of them. Well, he's not wrong. But that being said, John Fitch is a 40-year-old man who has now won five fights in a row. 
and has won seven of his last eight. The only person to beat him is Paul Harris to a knee bar since his uh, World Series of Fighting debut against Josh Berkman, and there ain't no way it happens like that again if Berkman were to... And you know what? If, If Berkman ends up leaving the UFC... I could see them running that back in Bellator. <laughs> Berkman needs to hang up the gloves. Come on. But look That's at ridiculous. look at John Fitch. He's beaten Yushin Okami, Jake Shields, Brian Foster, and Daly in this run. That's solid. That's real yep. solid. Yeah, the only problem, uh, I mean, the, the, the Foster fight with the side choke is fantastic. Uh, but other than that, one of the biggest things, um, the UFC, you know, we, we all know what happened with the uh, – the John Fitch and the UFC debacle yeah. afterwards. But uh, I remember talking to Joe Silva back in the day and, and just talking about that afterwards. And it's not that they didn't like John Fitch. I mean, some of the staff didn't like him. Obviously, from the business side, perhaps Dana White and, and whomever didn't like him. From an MMA perspective, they liked John Fitch. What they didn't like is he just wasn't finishing fights for them. This wasn't an exciting style. You knew that when John Fitch was competing, he was going to go 15 minutes. Yeah, I have Frosty in the live chat saying... John Fitch was holding people down the same way Habib was. No, that's not the same. That is not the same at all. Habib is very offensive. That and as good as a wrestler as Habib is, he isn't necessarily one that will smother you and lay on you the whole time. A lot of t- people get up when Habib gets on top of them. Sometimes he just takes them right back down, slams them, throws some heavy ground and pound. It's way different. Also on the show, Aaron Pico. I, I'm. I, I keep getting more impressed with Aaron Pico. They need to run back the Zach Freeman fight. That yeah, yeah. Take the words out of my mouth. They got to do it. They got to do yeah. it. He yeah. has. He lost in June of last year and was like, "All right, I'm going to come back and fight in September, January, and May." He has fought four times in eleven months. Won the last three by TKO or KO in the first round. We didn't really get a chance to see him in his in his debut, but we saw that he could be knocked out. Since then, he has looked like a potential future champion, and that's not something I throw around lightly. His footwork is great. His instincts are great. His basics are really good, and his aggressiveness is what I really like because now he knows how much power he has, and he's like, you know what? I'll wrestle if I need to, but I've done that my entire life. Let's try something else. Well, let's go back to last uh, last June, June 24th. If I'm not mistaken, it was probably June 21st, that, that podcast there. Uh, you and I had discussed at length uh, that Aaron is, is arguably has the biggest hype around him for a mixed martial arts prospect who's never competed before. And we're looking forward to this new run beginning. We're looking forward to seeing how all this is going to go down. Well, in 24 seconds, Zach Freeman said, that's nice, guys. Thanks for calling. Drive home safely. Next caller, please. So Freeman, obviously, you know, guillotined him. Thanks for calling. And you're saying that they, they've got to put that fight back on. I agree. But my goodness, my worst fear for, for Pico and his peeps is if Freeman finds a way to beat him again. Right? Because that would destroy this run right now. I would like to look at it in a manner of con- let Pico continue doing what he's doing. Um, obviously, there's, there, the depth is different than in the UFC division. Um, would I like to see the Freeman fight? Yeah. Yeah, why not? It but makes my, sense. Uh, at the back of my mind, Sean, I'll be like, oh, God, there's always one fighter in every fighter's career that seems to have his number. Right? So Will Brooks just, and Mike Chandler. Yeah. Right? I mean, uh, who was it? Hughes uh, and Holman. 
right? Yeah. When, he, when when Matt Hughes was in his prime, you just put him in there with Holman. Boop, armbar. Boop, armbar. Right? Everyone's got got their nemesis. So I, I'd love to see it. And I think this, I mean, Pico, the way he competed in this fight here, I mean, that left to the body was just utterly disgusting. Like, it shook a human being. It shook his opponent in the air. And the dude fell back and was like, holy smokes, what the hell was that? And then, you know, he ends up getting the finish there via TKO. But, yeah, Pico's something else at 145 pounds. Uh, let's also talk about Czech Congo. <laughs> Whoo, that magnificent counter right. That was something. That's worth going out of your way to see, guys. Against Javi Ayala, Ayala's good. Here's another yeah. little quiet deal. Czech Congo turns 43 in two days. Mm-hmm. He has won six fights in a row. That includes against Augusto Sakai, Javi Ayala... Alexander Volkov, he's won six fights in a row. He's won eight of nine. His one loss was a split decision to King Mo. Look look back at the losses that he has had. King Mo, Vitaly Minikov, Roy Nelson, when Roy Nelson was something, Mark Hunt, Frank Mir, Cain Velazquez, and then before that you had basically his growing pain years. But since he has been booked in the top, echelon of MMA and he's not anymore he's not even in the heavyweight tournament and the fact yep. that this wasn't an ultimate bout is gross to me but I mean, say what you want about the exciting nature of his fights there isn't much to them this was a good one but he should winning should put some merit in there that's what grossed me out so much about the entire thing like Bobby Lashley he wins fights whether they're exciting or not he wins fights Justin Wren has won fights so I don't know man it is strange. I mean, Ayala did walk into that. Um, was I think he was in the midst of throwing a combination, so he kind of leaned in, and Czech was like, yep, there you go. You can take that in the chin. Got Krizak. That was yeah. a good show. A good, good Bellator show. Speaking of Bellator, 50 Cent. He ain't fighting. He's not fighting. Oh, my God. And some people are saying him and Rampage. Rampage what, what could sit say, on his couch yeah. for the next five years, yeah. get up off of it, and beat 50 Cent in under a minute. What would people say if you know they went into a... Listen, you can make fun of 50 Cent as much as you want, ladies and gentlemen. The man has had some really good tracks, really good hits, some of which are on my phone right now. Uh, I've got remixes on there. I think 50 Cent's a fantastic hip-hop artist. Is he a good businessman? You can, you know, when the guy goes bankrupt, we've got a bit of a problem with that. People make mistakes in their lives. I get it. Listen, I'm in the finance world myself. I know that. Some people make bad decisions that can cost them a lot. But if anyone came to me and said, Joe, who would you pick to coming out with a number one hit track uh, or winning a freestyle battle, Rampage Jackson or 50 Cent, I'm not even going to think twice. It's going to be 50 Cent. But now you're telling me 50 Cent versus Rampage Jackson in an MMA fight? I wouldn't even let you finish your sentence. Come on. No. It ain't going to happen. And if it does happen, it's just stupid. It's silly. Bellator is better than that. It doesn't even deserve our attention. And it's not going to get any more of it. Uh, So this happened. Tito Ortiz officially unretired. And then Chuck Liddell officially unretired. Says he is going to fight again. What do we need to say about that? We'll watch it, sure, if that fight happens. But then Chuck Liddell... You don't want to watch it, though. Huh? You don't want you don't want to watch that fight. I don't want to watch that fight, but we have to watch that fight. Not because it's our job. It's because it's one of those things where it's like you don't want to miss it because everyone's going to be talking about it. Yep. 
that's pretty much it. Otherwise, I wouldn't see it as any other two washed-up guys fighting. But then Chuck Liddell grows the balls to say, I like my chances against John Jones. I don't know. I don't like the chances of Chuck and Tito against John Jones. Maybe even in their primes. But right now, John Jones might beat them both up at the same time. I, I, I don't understand the logic. I don't know what's worse. I guess I can figure out what's worse. Chuck Liddell saying that, that John Jones business, or John Jones actually replying and saying, bring it. I'll fly you to Albuquerque this weekend. Come on, John. So my, my theory is that Chuck Liddell isn't very happy, and Kevorkian isn't around anymore, so he's just having John Jones assist him in his death. That's what's, that's what's going on. He's like, who can I go to? Who would definitely kill me? Oh, I know. John Jones. That's the guy that would kill me. And, you, you know, there are those people. There are some people who don't know better, but then there are a couple people who do know better that say, Chuck in his prime, I think, stands a good chance against Jones. No. No, he doesn't. He really doesn't. Uh, Chuck Liddell in his prime got beat by Randy Couture and Rampage Jackson. And had a good run and was a good fighter. John Jones, not even in his prime yet, defeated every single star of that era that he came across. I mean, he beat he beat Seth and Bonner. He beat Rampage Jackson, Machida, Evans, Belfort, Sonnen. He beat them all. Shogun, like he defeated everybody. Not only that. Three and a half years ago, and a year ago, he beat a guy who would have been the dominant champion in this division for the last several years, if not for him. And then before that, he beat the guy that probably would have stood the best chance against him. I give Chuck Liddell in an MMA fight against John Jones today... Probably, mm, here's one. Who stands a better chance? Floyd Mayweather in an MMA fight against Conor McGregor or Chuck Liddell today in an MMA fight against John Jones? Chuck Liddell. Really? Yeah. I still say, oh, I still say Chuck Liddell. That's a tough because one he'll, for me. He, he won't be stupid. I think he'll try and, and go for the knockout and emerge victorious, yeah. <laughs> whereas Floyd Mayweather just doesn't have the, 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 the muscle memory to know what is happening in an MMA fight, no matter how much or how, how hard he's going to train. Right, like Liddell would get absolutely hurt. that 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 fight, technically speaking, and I love Chuck to death, but that would go as long as John Jones wanted it to go, and same thing with Conor McGregor, it would go as long as as Conor wanted to go with Floyd Mayweather. Let's run down a history of a John Jones. He German suplexed Stefan Bonner in his second fight. In his first fight, he beat Andre Gusamau. Do you know how long John Jones had been a pro fighter? Before that? Yeah. I think it was eight months? Nah. It was less. He started on April 12th. He got his first UFC fight on August 9th. Gotcha. A little under four months. Then he got DQ'd by, by beating up Matt Hamill too bad. He broke Brandon Vera's orbital socket. He submitted Ryan Bader 
Was that was that the fight where he tracked down a robber or something before that, or was that the Shogun fight? Shogun well, fight. Well, either way, on the spot in the cage, they said, hey, can you fight Shogun in six weeks? He said, yeah, and then he whipped his ass. He ruined Quentin Rampage Jackson's knee for the rest of his life. He dropped Lyoto Machida dead. <laughs> he had his arm practically broken by Vitor Belfort and beat him. His toe came out! His toe came out! And he still beat Chael Sonnen. He partied the entire fight camp for Alexander Gustafson and still beat him. He ripped Glover Teixeira's shoulder out of his socket with a move that nobody else is going to use. He did coke! He did coke! And beat Daniel Cormier. And then he beat Daniel Cormier again. There ain't no damn way. There ain't no damn way. <sighs> I'm, sti- I'm tired of these people poisoning our minds. And I'm tired of people poisoning Nick Diaz. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that I remember that event quite vividly. Obviously, I was there covering it, um, you know, pretty intensely. I had never heard of a poisoning uh, up until this week. Uh, I thought, and, and I was in contact with a lot of uh, peeps from obviously both camps, obviously close to George St. Pierre's camp and kind of close to some of the guys uh, with Nick Diaz. Uh, and leading up to this fight, you know, Nick uh, actually came over to Mark Hominick and I, and we did some really good interviews. And after that, had some really good conversations. Now, do, did I have a chance to see George and Nick after the weigh-ins? No. Uh, but I know a bunch of things that were happening at the venue that were, you know, um, Nick's people were coming over to me saying they're messing up with George's um, um, uh, gloves, this and that, just crazy stuff. But I didn't hear anything about being poisoned. And then Nate Diaz says, no, we're not near a fight with GSP. What does he want? One day it's a title fight, then it's a money fight, then it's just McGregor. This guy still has a job. I, he sounds like the hardest person to deal with. He is almost... He's up there. He's past social media cyborg as toughest guy to deal with. Or toughest Give person s- to deal with. I'm not calling cyborg a guy before you cry baby's whine to me. Jesus. <laughs> you have any siblings, Sean? Yeah. I have one in brother? LA. I have, have one a brother? in, I think, Frankfurt. Yeah. All right. Somebody beat up your brother, and you had the opportunity to fight that guy. Would you do it? Of course I would, especially if I'm getting paid over a million dollars to do it. Conversation just ended, ladies and gentlemen. That's just me. I know it's a very superficial analogy, but knowing the Diaz brothers, how I know them, I, this is not making sense, but part of it is making sense because, I mean, Nate, I thought Nate would be like, I get to fight GSP? Uh-huh, I'll do it. Let's do it. And that's going to make me a lot of money. This dude went after my brother. I'm going to, I'm going to sell this fight like crazy. Well, they don't, Poisoned I don't know, my brother. Yeah. I don't even know if Nick and Nate know how to sell fights on purpose. They just do it naturally because they operate in a different frequency. Uh, just go listen to half the stuff that Nick did leading up to all of his fights in the UFC. They're absolutely amazing and epic. Uh, but I, I would naturally assume, what? I'm in. I'm in. 
Let's do it. I get to fight and you know defend the honor of my family and my brother. I'm in. I don't get it. We got UFC Chile coming up this weekend. It looks like I'm going to do that post show on Sunday, guys. I did a vote on my Twitter. And uh, I, I know that some of you for shows like that aren't available right after the event. So I think that that would be a better way to uh, get some engagement, get some interaction. So I'm going to do that post show on Sunday, probably uh, early afternoon. But before we talk about who we think is going to win, let's hear what the pros think. Damian Maia is going to choke his ass out or knock him out. Kamaru. I mean, it's a, I, and I think it's going to be a blowout too. I mean, uh, Damian can't take him down. Kamaru's too too fast, too athletic. Uh, you know that that that's a, that's pretty much a blowout for him, especially if Damian Maya shows up the same way he did against Kobe. You know, kind of half-assed, and uh, you can tell he, his heart really ain't in it against somebody like Kamaru with that explosiveness. You 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 better be all in. Uh, I was more intrigued for that for that Santiago fight for sure. Kamaru says he's the best grappler in the division. Uh, he's gonna that'll, that'll be a test for him with Damian Maya. Um, if I picked up Kamaru's my boy, I want him to win that fight. So uh, Damian's no joke, but I'm go Kamaru. I'm go Kamaru. Like job blood. Um, you know, never bet out uh, Damian Maya. He's obviously put on a huge run before his last couple of uh, you know losses. Uh, he is uh, someone that once he's on your back, it's back to school, whether you like it or not. And I think Usman, it's no different. Um, but Usman is obviously the younger, more athletic, and um, you know, equally in regards to um, a threat in regards to mixed martial arts. So, you know, I, I would lean towards Usman in his ability if he comes, you know, more than thirty percent or sixty percent, whatever the number is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, if he brings forty percent, I think it's all his. I think Kamaru Usman is going to win. Uh, I think he's just too strong, too athletic. Um, better striker than Damian Maya. Not not saying a whole lot, but, you know, uh, he's also got that wrestling too. So uh, I think good wrestlers can sometimes, you know, counter good jiu-jitsu. So um, I think Usman puts him on the cage and, you know, beats him up in the clinch, kind of like he did that uh, uh, Valhalla, uh, the Norway kid. Ooh, that's a tough one because Usman's last fight was pretty boring. And, I mean, yeah, he dominated a mill when he was on top, but he didn't do much either. He just held him there. Damian Maia's not going to let him do that, and he, doesn't gonna want, he isn't going to want to take him down. So if Usman's smart and plays it kind of like Colby did, then I definitely see him winning. If he lets him take him down, if he gets taken down once, he's going to get beat. I, I see I see Usman taking it kind of similar to how Colby beat him. Um just the, the wrestling is going to be able to, to be there. Uh, he's a good strike. You know, he's a decent striker also, but he's going to stop the shots from uh, Maya trying to get to the ground. And especially Maya taking short notice, five-round fight. Uh, I just see the pace of Usman's is kind of, kind of probably take it over a little bit. I just see him win a decision. So probably ugly, grinding, but I see him win a decision. I think Usman has better striking than Maya. Maya's definitely bigger. He's... uh. I can't say who's the stronger grappler. I don't know who's the stronger wrestler, and I can definitely say who's the stronger jiu-jitsu fighter. Um, that's a, it's definitely an interesting matchup. But again, I think Usman has a more. I think Usman has better striking. On top of that, I'm a fan of Usman. Um, I like his name, the Nigerian Nightmare. You can't really beat that outside of the gorilla. But uh, I'm gonna take Usman in that fight. 
UFC Chile isn't exactly ripe with star power, but you do have some interesting names. Of course, there's Usman versus Maya. I think Usman's winning that one. We'll talk about it a little bit. But you have Alexa Grasso, Tatiana Suarez, uh, Brandon Moreno's on the show, uh, Dom Reyes. I like him. Jared Cannonier. We have an interview with him up at Fightful.com. Actually, we have interviews with Luque. We have interview with uh, with a couple other people on this show as well. So. Definitely head over to FightfulMMA.com and click our exclusive section. Barzola, that's the name I was thinking of. They're, they're, to, to put it in perspective, you got Henry Briones on this card, and he's lost three fights in a row. He only won one fight in the UFC. So they were stretching for this one. I think if you got to stretch that much, you probably shouldn't even put on the show, but here we are. And Usman against Damian Maya instead of Santiago Ponzinibbio. If they lost Usman's fight then this this show doesn't happen it's an interesting dynamic right now and, and looking at it you know it's it's one guy in damian maya that i've known for years man that guy is just one of the coolest cats i know taking on my titan fc broadcast partner uh in kamara usman and all you guys your 30 percent comments are making me laugh so you're silly. picking you're picking usman to lose right uh i'm gonna go with if Kusman, if Kush's head is straight, and he because he's got a, and this is a put up or shut up fight, because yeah. for years he's been saying I'm the best grappler in this division. Okay, uh, now if your definition of grappling means wrestling and submissions, everyone said, dude, wait till you fight Damian Maya, and he's wanted the Damian Maya fight to prove that he's the best grappler in this division. It's taken a long time. But now it's here. Now it's before him. Now the mental games start happening inside of his head. Now he has to put up or shut up. And this is it here. Now, today, 2018, May, who do I think is the better fighter? I'm going to go with Kamaru Usman. Yeah, I would. Because too. Damian Maya, uh, you know, although his striking is, is not appreciated, he does have striking. It's just not... He's never really had to use it in a manner to knock someone out. He just needs to enter into a, a clinch. Then he's going to do whatever he wants, takes most people down on the ground with the exception of, um, uh, who was it? Uh, Tyron Woodley, excuse me. And, and once he gets them down, it's a different story. Now for Kamaru, I think Kamaru's got to use his striking in this fight. Forget about being the best grappler. Be the best mixed martial artist in this fight. Knock My. Damian Maya out. Don't go to the ground with him. You're going to put yourself yeah. in danger. I know you're a great wrestler. I know you want to be. You think you can defend anything Damian Maya brings to the table. Why play with potential fire when you could just simply do what I've seen you do in training and in fights, which is that old school alpha male, Sean. It's that old school. You ever see those guys when they're hitting the pads or they're training with their partners? They have that angry um, key eye, like. <laughs> <laughs> Right, like that's what Kamaro needs to do against Damian, and for Damian, get his back, put Kamaro to sleep. He's the so, knuckleballer, like I've said before. He's yeah. always going to have that that wrestling game. Now this could be his first three fight losing streak ever, and this is Woodley, Covington, and Usman back to back. And that's when, when he was on his winning streak, he fought Masvidal, Condit, Brown, Nelson, Magny. So that was quite quite a row if he loses this fight he being Maya I don't think he'll like retire or anything he doesn't get hit a lot but I think it's time to give him a lower name to see if he's still there as far as Usman goes Usman I think is the better mixed martial artist but is 30% Usman a better martial artist 
Oh my you god, know. he's the new character. Kimbo with six months of sprawl training. Come on, yeah, see you right. C level or uh, normal level. TRTV Kane. tour. Yeah. TRTV tour. Motivated BJ One, Penn. Motivated BJ Penn, 100% Kamaru Usman. Hot dog, he's made it. <laughs> I Do love... we have our eight bet tournament there? Oh, I'll put one together. I'll put one together. We also have Alexa Grasso against Tatiana Suarez. This is, and much like the Paige Van Zant, Mackenzie Dern thing that I mentioned earlier, it's a one of these people have to win fight. And the thing is, Tatiana Suarez won uh, tough, and they think a lot of her, and they should. She's a great 27-year-old prospect, and they have Alexa Grasso, who got beat by Felice Herrig. I don't know that anybody expected Felice Herrig to pop up and be what she was during that run, but... Grasso barely escaped uh, beating Marcos, but the wrestling of Tatiana Suarez is what I'm going to be looking for in this fight. Yeah, I'm looking to make sure Alexa makes weight because that, that was a bad scenario in her in her last fight. So we know there's a battle there, and hopefully she's cleaned up uh, or got you know all her nutritional advice and stuff put together. But that's her first battle before she takes on Tatiana. So get your weight on, make straw weight, fight Tatiana. But she's I take a I lot of time off too. Yeah, I really like this fight, to be honest with you. I think it's going to be a fantastic And she's fight. fresh off of a knee injury. I wonder how somebody who is, who had, I think it was meniscus surgery last October, how they're going to deal with some of the pivots, some of the some of the things that, that go into defensive wrestling. So I, I think Tatiana Suarez takes it. We also have Brandon Moreno against Pantoya. This is a pretty good flyweight fight. Alexandre has won uh, two of his three fights. Brandon Moreno has won three of his four. But this is essentially, like I said, to get one of these guys in the top 15 a win. This is a sneaky top 15 fight. It's on the prelims, too. I love it. I think it's fantastic. The one thing about Pantoja is that you cannot, under any circumstances, uh, ever forget you're in a fight with him because he'll submit you in the third round. I mean, this guy goes and goes and goes and goes. And then you got Brandon Moreno, who, let's be honest, is, you know, the fight that he had with Sergio Pettis kind of sucked for him. But that's 25 minutes of exceptional experience that he now brings to the cage. Uh, They both defeated Dustin Ortiz. Uh, Actually, Brandon defeated him. uh, Oh, yeah, in the second round. Um, This is going to be a solid fight. This is a fantastic fight for this division, and you're right. It's on the prelims, Fox Sports 2 for you Americans. Uh, who knows where in Canada? Uh, and, yeah, we'll see. I'm looking forward to this one for sure. Also, under the radar, Zach Cummings, Mikel Prezeris. Cummings won four or five. Prezeris on a six-fight winning streak. If Prezeris emerges victorious, and he's got that – here's the thing. If he makes weight and emerges victorious because – this guy has had some real problems, and he's moved up in weight, so hopefully that won't be an issue. But he he missed weight three of his last four fights at, at lightweight, and he won all those fights. we got to see how he looks at welterweight. If he looks good at welterweight, I'm saying give him a top 15 fight after this because that will be seven wins in a row. 
Very true. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's got that yeah, sick north south too. Oh my what? god, he's so good at applying that north it's south. It's his build, right? Yeah. It's his build. It's that perfect scenario for that, right? I mean, certain submissions work for certain body types or are better for certain body types. That right there for him is a fantastic choke because of his stocky build. But um, I, I could see your, your your analogy of if he does emerge victorious here. You know, you give him a Dong Young Kim or Leon Edwards, or you know, but that's about it. I mean. Um, Looking at the top fifteen, that's about it for him, in my opinion. You can't give him Cowboy or Gunner. Yeah. You know, first get past that. Well, it, just... d- it depends. If they lose a main event, really, really like on short notice, then you can give him Cowboy. Then you can do Makes Cowboy sense. and Prezeris or something like that. Yep. Uh, also, Chad Laprise is on this show. I, uh, Andrea Lee is making her debut. But the fight that I'm really, really looking forward to isn't any of those. It's just a couple of guys, Dom Reyes, Jared Cannonier. Dom Reyes That's... showed up, knocked out Christensen in 30 seconds, performance of the night, beat Jeremy Kimball, and uh, you got Jared Cannonier who ha- doesn't have a signature win in the division, doesn't have a signature win at light heavyweight, has went back and forth, lost to Blahovich, but I like this fight. I like some of the tools that Cannonier has, 33 years old, though, and I'm looking for the 28-year-old Dominic Reyes to really put his stamp on this and be like, here I am. Give me give me somebody. Yeah, this is our fight of the night. Our, uh, this is my fight of the night, at least. This is the one that I'm looking forward to where things could get ugly very quickly, and there could be some destruction at any one point in time. I am favoring Dominic Reyes in this fight. Uh, only because of the youth factor. Not only, but it's the, the youth factor is huge. Um, he's just a natural athlete. But Cannoneer has a way of just staying in your face, man. Dude's a beast. He ain't going anywhere. You got to hurt him. You got to knock him out. So referee, just kindly step out of the way and let these two go. UFC Chile. Just a reminder, guys. Sunday afternoon, I'll be doing that post show. Joe... What do you got going on this week? A uh, bunch of stuff uh, from the business perspective. Uh, our soccer season starts tonight for the uh, rep oh, wow. U8 boys for Stouffville. So coaching the boys tonight, our first practice actually on the field. And then it's a long weekend here in Canada. So uh, it's going to be a good time. Everybody that's Canadian down here, make sure you're – well, everyone should be safe in general. Do not drink and drive. Uh, do not smoke and drive. Do not do anything that would impair your ability uh, to drive anything. Enjoy yourselves. Have fun. Uh, and I'm not going to reply to any messages on Monday or Sunday <laughs> because I'm, I'm going to enjoy myself with some family and friends. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. What about you? Yeah, you all have a holiday, yeah. Yeah, Victoria holiday weekend. Yeah, I, I know this because a year or two years ago this week, Jimmy Van contacted me about working yeah. for this site, and, you know, I get the deal. I want to get it done, so I'm ready to talk on Monday. He ain't ready to talk on Monday. It's a holiday. <laughs> nope. And right now, Jimmy Van's out of the office. Lindsay's out of the office. I don't know who my boss is right now. Where's Jimmy? We're, he's moving into his new house. boy. So I don't, I don't know who my, my boss is for the next week or so. <laughs> it's wild. Guys, thank you all so much. Visit FightfulMMA.com. James Lynch has a ton of of interviews up there. We have an exclusive with Kevin Lee up right now. He'll be on the show uh, in the near future, as will Colby Covington and the others. Thank you guys so much. Until next time, leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, visit Fightful.com and FightfulSelect.com. I will have that rankings update video 
and my thoughts on Fightful Select this week. We are... Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.